And welcome to Tuesday in the Pure Opelka podcast. Mike here, and I have a few things I need to address. We are uh, waiting to hear what Joe Biden, the president of the United States, is deciding. Waiting to hear what will be done in response to the attack on American soldiers that took the lives of three of our military members and wounded more than 40 It has now been a couple of days, and Joe Biden has been weighing his options, as he says. However, however, uh, about 10 o'clock, 1030 East Coast time on Tuesday morning, word came out that Biden had decided what to do. But we still don't know yet. And I have very little confidence in what he's going to decide. Very nervous, you know, after all, he said this this past weekend. Don't mess with the women in America unless you want to get the benefit. Yeah, right. You think Iran's worried about that? You think the Houthis, Hezbollah, Hamas, they're worried about that guy? No. No, they're not. After all, you go back and you look at this administration, Biden and uh, Antony Blinken, Secretary of State, and Kamala, they all had a strong message for Iran about attacking not only Israel, but America. And what's the message to Iran? Don't. It was very important to send a very clear message to anyone who might seek to take advantage of the conflict in Gaza to threaten our personnel uh, here or anywhere else in the region. Don't do it. What is your message to Hezbollah and its backer, Iran? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. I've already delivered the message to Rand. They know not to do anything. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I've already sent the message. <sighs> Mr. Appeasement, that's what he is. Mr. Appeasement. He did say as he was leaving the White House this morning, he holds Iran responsible. Up. <laughs> Hold on, Joey. So he does hold Iran responsible in the sense that they're supplying the weapons and probably the targets, etc. Dana Perino was not pleased when this this stumbling, mumbling, bumbling president then turned his back and walked away from the reporters. That's terrible to me. That's that's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. If if they at the White House Communications Office want him to make news and want him to take questions, do it in a way where the American people, our allies and our adversaries can hear him clearly. And then you won't get all the questions as to his mental capacities because you could actually hear him if he's being coherent. I'm just... I find it professionally insulting as somebody who used to work there that they think that this is good enough for the president to just to take a question like that when you can't actually hear him above the rotating blades. The other day he was at the Nowhere Coffee Company. He answers a very important question about troops that have just been killed. It's not good enough. No, it's not good enough. The entire presidency has been not good enough. Biden also saying he's done everything he can do on the border. That's a lie. That's Bravo Sierra. That's a load of crap. He has not done everything he can do on the border. He's the guy who undid it. 
he could redo the border. What a load of garbage. Absolute load of garbage. It's very, very irritating, I know. I'm still stunned by yesterday. I know the Secretary of Defense showed up at work again after a month. He's recovering from, yes, cancer. Uh, But if you're not able to do the job, step aside, sir. But his statement on the dead soldiers, the, the members of our military were massacred by these demons in the Middle East. Uh, He had to read a statement. You couldn't just speak it? With my outrage and sorrow for the death of three brave U.S. troops in Jordan and for the other troops who were wounded, the President and I will not tolerate attack on U.S. forces, and we will take all necessary actions to defend the U.S. and our troops. You will not tolerate attacks? What, the first 161 of those attacks? 160 before this one. Where? Where? Where was the plan? And yesterday morning, this is maybe the most insulting of all the statements out of the White House. The press secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, in the morning appearing on MSNBC and couldn't really find the words. Maybe Joe Biden is contagious. What I will say, our deepest, uh, obviously our deepest condolences uh, go out and our heartfelt condolences go out to the families uh, who lost uh, three, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three brave, uh, three folks who are who are military folks, who are brave, who are always fighting, who are fighting on behalf and of uh, this administration of the American people, obviously more so, more importantly, uh, we lost those souls. Uh, No, they're not fighting on behalf of the administration. They're fighting on behalf of the American people and the idea of America. But talk about the three folks who are military folks. Are you kidding me? What an embarrassment this administration is. From top to bottom, every single one of them. I, I, I'm stunned and infuriated. And on top of that, now we have the ongoing mess with this, uh, this E. Jean Carroll creature who won the $93.3 million from Donald Trump from a jury. And she was yesterday all over the media. She was on CNN and then she was on MSNBC. And the CNN statements, I think, raise a bunch of questions. This is the woman who claimed years ago Donald Trump raped her. Uh, Donald Trump was not found guilty of that. Uh, She was uh, able to then file civil suits claiming she had been defamed. Even though there was no criminal charge against Donald Trump, she claimed she had been defamed. And the jury awarded her $93.3 million. It's going to be appealed because there's so many holes in this. Plus the story that E. Jean Carroll's attorney worked at the same law firm as the judge years ago. And he was her mentor. No, it's not stacked up against him, is it? But this was E. Jean Carroll on CNN yesterday morning. You may soon, though, have quite a bit of his money. And I wonder how you plan to use that. Oh, it's inspiring. We talk about it a lot. (laughs) We're going to do good with that money. We're going to do... Mary Trump has suggested uh, we turn Trump Tower into an animal sanctuary, for instance. 
Now, that alone should tell you something. Mary Trump, Donald Trump's sister, who's probably the biggest victim of Trump derangement syndrome, was supporting this woman, as well as the same liberal billionaire who's funding Nikki Haley funded her legal defense. But E. Jean Carroll trying to make a joke there about turning Trump Tower into an animal sanctuary. A joke. That was a joke, Poppy. <laughs> uh, no, but we're, we're inspired to uh, do not waste a penny of this. Hmm. And we have some good ideas that we're working on. Not waste a penny of this. Remember that, because this was CNN in the morning. Wait till you hear what she said on MSNBC. We're not going to waste a penny of this. We have some good ideas we're working on. Specifically aimed at well, what would oppose well, Trump? Well, Donald Trump hates women. Remember? Wait, what? Donald Trump hates women? I, I got to hear that again. Let's go back. I think she's setting herself up for a defamation suit against her. Seriously. What would oppose well, Trump? Well, Donald Trump hates women. Remember the New York Magazine, the famous quote when they said, Don, what do you think of women? He said, women, they're not worth a piece of crap. Remember that quote? No, that's not a quote. That's a lie. Donald Trump never said women, they're not worth a piece of crap. Donald Trump did make a, a stupid statement back in that interview when he was talking about how you attract beautiful women to you he said you treat them like crap he didn't say they are a piece of crap donald trump might have some grounds here we'll talk to a lawyer about that but there's more from e Jean carroll and so i think one of the things we could do seeing yeah. as how he's very instrumental in taking away women's rights over their bodies across the united states maybe we can think about how we can restore women their rights hmm. use a little of money for that hmm. So she's got big plans on how to use the money. Big plans. Big plans. This is why this decision bodes well for women across. It came at a time when we needed that positive, we believe you hmm. statement. Um, so this win really was uh, for every woman who stood up and been knocked down. Every woman. Hmm. Um, and Robbie and I are here. We're, we have planted our flag and we want to turn things around and uh, make sure uh, that women are believed. Really? So you and Robbie, that's her attorney there. You and Robbie want to use that money and make sure women are believed. So Tara Reid, the woman who credibly accused Joe Biden, but all of her uh, attempts to bring her story forward were blocked. Tara Reid will then be moved to the front of the line. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, from there, E. Jean Carroll, no doubt, went from CNN over to MSNBC, where she appeared with Rachel Maddow last night. And the subject of, of money, Donald Trump's money, and what, what E. Jean Carroll's planning on doing with Trump's money came up again. Remember, she said earlier she plans to use it to, to help women's rights and to help women. You've talked about using some of Trump's money about to get um, to help shore up women's rights. Do you know what that might be, what that might look like? Yes, or, Rachel. Yes. Tell me. I had such, such great ideas <laughs> for all the good I'm going to do with this money. First thing, Rachel, 
you and I are going to go shopping. We're going to get completely <laughs> new wardrobes. New- I, I Somehow I think uh, Rachel Maddow and E. Jean Carroll are not going to be shopping in the same stores. I'm just saying, that's probably not going to happen. But the first thing that comes out of her mouth, it's not about how to help women. Uh, well, it's to help two women. Rachel Maddow and E. Jean Carroll, they're going to get new clothes. They're going to go shopping. Shoes, motorcycle for Crowley, new fishing rod for Robbie. Rachel, what do you want? Penthouse? <laughs> it's yours, Nothing. Rachel. So she's offering the one woman to her left a motorcycle. Her attorney's going to get a new fishing rod. And she offers to buy a penthouse for Rachel Maddow. It's yours, Rachel. It's yours. Penthouse and uh, France? You want France? You want to go fishing nope. in France? No? Oh. All right. All right. Okay. That's a j- her, uh, her attorney's face is nothing other than absolute stunned silence. And one of them, one of the two women attorneys decides to say, we better clarify that that's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> is it? Although joke. if if me fishing in France... Could do something for women's rights, I would take the hit. You know, I would obviously uh, take one for the team. All right, let me, let me, (laughs) as if, as if you need persuasion in that regard. Now, that's the lack of seriousness around the subject. If they really were interested in helping women, they would know. They would absolutely know what they were going to do with that money. But no, this wasn't about helping women. This is about destroying Trump. It's about taking away his money. It's about taking away his time. It's about smearing him. And again, we go back to all the holes in the case. I cannot wait for the appeal to be filed by Alina Haba. I hope they get to it soon. Very, very soon. Stunning to me. Stunning. All right, a brief podcast today, and we're going to talk to our friend Jim Stovall here in just a second. I'm going to wait and see what happens with our response to Iran and the Houthis and anyone else who's trying to kill our American soldiers halfway around the world. Keep them safe, please, Lord. Uh, But we've got um, Jim Stovall. I didn't get to talk to Jim Stovall last week. Our buddy with the Winner's Wisdom column, the guy who's written more than 50 books, the man behind the Narrative Television Network that helps helps blind people appreciate movies. Jim Stovall is joining us. Jim, I missed you last week from Las Vegas because, you know, I had some technical difficulties. But uh, I, I, I'm glad you're here now, my friend. Well, yeah, and you know, I added on my calendar, the young ladies told me, tomorrow Opelka if he gets his equipment fixed. So I don't know <laughs> what that means exactly, and I, I don't want to know. But we're, we're glad you're back wherever you are, and your equipment is marginally working today. How is it I can set myself up for my own hanging every single week? Well, it and it it would be the waste of the natural resource not to take advantage of that, Mike. You just <laughs> guy opens a door like that, you gotta you gotta drive the truck right through it. That's absolutely true, Jim. I absolutely support that. The comedic low hanging fruit is required for all of us to harvest, and you do it better than anybody. But let's talk about the column. Let's talk about the cost of tuition because it is on the minds of many people today you know it and uh, as many of my readers know and your listeners i have a, 
at the at the local university, I have the Stovall Center for Entrepreneurship, and we have uh, kids from around the world that are getting a degree in entrepreneurship at the at the university, and uh, it's quite an eclectic group. We have over a hundred nations represented on campus right now, so uh, it, it's really rather amazing. And tuition is unbelievably expensive, particularly for some of these kids coming from third world countries. But I always tell them. The price of tuition is the same. It gets really expensive if you don't learn the lessons. <laughs> and then it gets really, really expensive. And, you know, and that's true in school, and that's true in life. I mean, failure is the tuition we pay for not learning the lesson. And, uh, and if you don't learn it, you get to do it again. I, I will quote the great prophet Billy Joel, who said, I am the entertainer. I had to pay my price. The things I did not learn at first, I learned by doing twice. And those who can't learn from Billy Joel, Winston Churchill echoed that by saying, those who do not learn from history, history are destined to repeat it. And only on the Michael Pelka show do you get Billy Joel in the duet with Winston Churchill. That, yeah. that you, you don't get this anywhere else. No, that is a melding of minds that I had not anticipated, Jim. I will, I will lay one more on top of it. One of the best bosses I had was a, a guy that came up and said, just can somebody in the room please answer, why is there time to do it right the second time? You know, why do we have to do it wrong before we learn how to do it right? Well, and... That's what Churchill said when we finally got in the war. Americans always do the right thing after exhausting every other possibility. <laughs> but, you know, you know, life is continuing to try to teach us this lesson. And you don't have to learn the lesson with pain and failure. You can watch someone else and say, you know, I, I don't need to put my hand on the wet paint. I'll believe the sign, it's particularly after watching that guy do it. But there are some people you can put up the wet paint sign, and they just have to touch it. They just... You know, they're just going to try it, or, you know, they have to touch the hot stove. And then there are other people that uh, apply some wisdom and say, you know, I don't need to make these mistakes. The path to success has been forged, as has the path to failure. And you don't have to follow those people. You can just, uh, wow, I think I'll skip that one. Well, it and, and it's best to try and avoid them, and that's uh, that's one of the things that is wonderful when you can teach a young person or a new person new to whatever experience that hey here are the mistakes i made here's how you avoid them but there's also something to be said for having that experience yourself and learning that lesson seems to be sometimes a stronger lesson i grew up with a dog when i was a kid herman the world's greatest canine and as a young dog he ran headlong into a glass door and uh, <laughs> gathered himself and uh, resumed for the rest of his life he would sprint up to the door stop stick his paw through the opening then go on through i mean he, <laughs> he was he was not going to do this again and that door and he just had a relationship from that point forward he just i mean you could tell it was open but he's just gonna okay i'll just stick my paw right through there all right we're good to go now Herman, and, uh, Herman, the great canine, learned from Reagan, trust but verify every single yeah. time. <laughs> Absolutely, and you, you save uh, a concussion there. Every day is a lesson, and in the name of uh, the first person I heard say it was Clinton, uh, don't let a good crisis go to waste. Uh, you know, I mean, if something bad happens, always remember that opportunities come disguised as problems, and uh, there's a lesson here, and if you don't learn it, you're going to get to come back here and do it again. And I think my favorite line in this column, Jim, though, my favorite line comes very near the end 
when you're you're talking about teaching people uh, how to try in life and how to become successful and how to look at mistakes. But the line, the three words, failure is fertilizer. I think this is absolute gold, Jim Stovall. Yeah, you know, people look at great successes, and when we write biographies of successful people, we have a tendency to leave out the, the, the many things you do, and all you need to do is Google Abraham Lincoln and look at this string of failures in his, in his business and political life that culminates in, in him being president of the United States and, uh, you know, held our union together. This was not a, uh, a, a quick ride to the top. I mean, he, he experienced all these failures, and he just kept going. And, uh, you know, that's generally the case. And, you know, I, I really think we need to look at these experiences as an opportunity to learn. And the, the kids at school, I mean, you're going to be here all day. You may as well learn something. When I tell the kids at college, somebody spent a lot of money so you could be here. And you went through a lot of hurdles to get admitted. And then once you get here, you do everything you can to get out of this. Well, do we have to come to class? And is this going to be on the test? Or are we required to read that book? Um, why, why would you do that? You're going to be here anyway. Why not learn everything you can learn? And that's true in our formal education and then in our real edu education that begins at commencement where life commences and, uh, you know, we start learning from experience. Yeah, life seems to be the grad school for those of us who made it through college, and, and you still have a whole lot of lessons to learn. Failure's part of it, but if you don't learn from failure, it'll be a repeating part of it. This is a great column this week, The Price of Tuition, Jim Stovall's Winner's Wisdom, available to you if you just go to jimstovall.com and you sign up. It shows up in your inbox. And then virtually every week, Jim and I get together for Jim to insult me, and then we talk about the lessons. I'm here every week as long as uh, <laughs> your equipment's working. But, uh... <laughs> there it is. Bringing it completely back with an expertly crafted callback, Jim. <laughs> Thank you as always, my friend. Be well. And there he goes. And here nice. I go. I'm going to keep an eye on uh, everything in the news. There may be a bonus podcast later. If not, I'll be back tomorrow with Dr. Roizen with a very special Wellness Wednesday. Till next time, testudo, my friends, testudo.